Saturday mornings. Who <laughs> <laughs> happens to also be your wife? <laughs> well, you would think that Amber, where's Amber? We got together Saturday, yesterday, and Jenna, that we got together and planned the whole morning from the worship songs and from what Jenna just shared because it's just everywhere in the words of the songs and what you talked about is, is compassion and mercy. And so, but we didn't. So once again, the Holy Spirit orchestrated the morning. So good morning to everyone and welcome to those of you that are here for the first time. It really means a lot for people, to us, for people to walk through the door. Whether you walk through or not, we want you to walk through again. We don't want to minimize that at all. But just to check us out and we hope you have a good morning. Um, whether you're here or not, we'd love for you to come back. Um, but to just enjoy the morning. And um, it's really great, too, because we're going through the values of the vineyard. So you get to learn about who we are as a church. And um, that's just really important. So um, if you go to um, vineyardusa.org and you click on the core values and beliefs of the vineyard, you read immediately that vineyard churches are committed to maintaining historical biblical orthodoxy, embracing the authority of the scriptures, and the activity of the Spirit. We root our theology in Jesus' teaching on the kingdom of God. These core values give meaning to everything that we do in the vineyard. They drive our purpose. They define what is central to us. They position us in the larger body of Christ and remove ambiguity in our mission. Therefore, it's pretty important as a part of the vineyard family, whatever denomination that we are a part of, um, that we know what's the mission, what's the vision, who are these folks, what do they believe, what's important to them. And um, compassionate ministry is done by many people, even those who are not believers and don't follow Jesus. They show compassion to others. Um, but it is um, a value that is written and defined um, for the vineyard. So far, um, the values we've talked about are partnering with the Holy Spirit, experiencing and worshiping God, and reconciling people with God in all creation. And then um, Noel talked about the kingdom of God because it's central to um, what we believe in the vineyard. And so I'm here to talk about the next one. And the next value is engaging in compassionate ministry. Um, it, we can't all see it really well. I'd love for us to read it together. I don't know if you can see it really um, well since this is a little small. Um, but if you can see it and you want to join with me to read it, um, I just I love that it just seems to be a power in reading things out loud and together. Okay, so ready? We lean toward the lost, the poor, the outcast, and the outsider with the compassion of Jesus as sinners whose only standing before God is utterly dependent on the mercy of God. This mercy can only be truly received inasmuch as we are willing to give it away. We believe that ministry in Jesus' name should be expressed in concrete ways through the local church. The poor are to be served as those serving Jesus himself. This is one of the distinguishing characteristics of a church expressing the love of Christ in a local community. Thank you. Before we delve into this, I want to acknowledge the reality, though, um, that all of us are not in just this great and wonderful season of life. Um, we're going through our own struggles and crises. 
We have pain, sorrow, anger, fears, anxieties. And it's hard we're in the midst of that to look beyond ourselves towards others and feel compassion and want to help. We need that ourselves. Um, we need the compassion shown towards us. Um, I've been in that place many times, and I know all of you have as well. Um, and some of you are there right now. So I just want to acknowledge that and that you could be in a place where I just can't even. I, I, I've had to at times when people have asked me to do I can't uh, just because of the things happening. And that is very valid and understandable. Um, and I don't want to ignore that. But at the same time, I also know it doesn't really let me off the hook and it doesn't let any of us really off the hook. Because it's when we're in those times that looking out towards someone else to give some help, even though it's really, really hard, is a really important aspect of our healing. And even research confirms that that's true. I follow, uh, read a woman doctor and counselor in women's issues that I really value, and she will not even counsel anyone um, going through depression without requiring them to volunteer to do something. Um, and so just the value of that, even though it's like just so, so hard, um, is really important. Important. So I just want to validate um, and acknowledge the things that you're going through. And um, you say, I, I need that right now. And that's good and fine. Um, another point to mention is I think we all are well aware of the compassion of Jesus. We don't have to be convinced. And I don't need to take you through all the passages. There's so many um, about Jesus' compassion and his call to care for the poor and the outcast for us to follow him in that and to show mercy and love to all. Um, it's not a new truth, I don't think, for any of us in the room. Um, to me, personally, it's also plain common sense to me. I think it's what it means to be a human being. Um, created in God's image, treating all people with dignity and value as they are created in his image too. I don't believe there's any other option, Uh, period. No ifs, ands, and buts about that. But at the same time, we can fail miserably. I fail miserably. So with those points made, um, I want to look at just the wording of what our value is and um, just the aspects of that and take it apart a little. Um, And the first is we lean toward the lost, the poor, the outcast, and the outsider. Well, why? Um, uh, Jesus did. Um, He actually became that one. He became the outsider and the outcast. He was constantly criticized for hanging around with men and women of doubtful reputation, of taking in sinners and eating meals with them, treating them like old friends. That's in Luke 15. The Pharisees and the religion scholars were actually greatly offended by Jesus' eating and drinking with crooks and sinners, taxmen, and other disreputable characters. Jesus even declared in Luke 5, I'm here inviting outsiders, not insiders, to a changed life both inside and out. And the way that he treated them, I think, is really important, too. It stuck out to me as I was reading through this. Not as someone above them. Uh, better than them, or as a good deed, an obligation. But he treated them like old friends. Uh, My very best and dearest oldest friend um, lives in Houston and had many, many friends whose homes were flooded. And so I think Carol popped into my head is uh, he treats, that's how Jesus treats the outcast and um, the outsider and the lowly and the ones that are ignored and no one else pays any attention to. And he's criticized for, he treats them like, like old friends. 
So like Carol and my relationship, if you think of your best friend, that's how he treats them. Um, And then he tells us to go and do likewise. Um, And there's a warning with that. Um, If you notice that uh, people were greatly offended by what Jesus did. So we're going to offend people when we befriend people who are questionable. Another question we need to consider is who are these folks? Who are the lost, the poor, the outcast, and the outsider in our midst? And I think we can, uh, tax collectors and sinners, we cannot really relate to that. It goes over our head and it doesn't go in our heart at all because that just, we don't have that reference so much. So I think it's important to look at who is that, where we live. And it's different here where we, we are than in Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, yeah, or Chile, or um, Israel and Palestine, or Rwanda, or you know, those are the places I think of first because that's where I'm connected. But um, it's different in all those places. But we live here, and so who is that here? Um, but first, I would like to suggest on a wider, wider scale, the lost, the poor, the outcast, and the outsider is all of us. Before Jesus found us, we were lost. There are many forms of poverty, even a poverty mentality, when in actuality we are not far, we're very far from being poor. What settings are we in where we feel an outsider, not belonging, not accepted, not invited in, treated differently than others? Are we not all the lost son in Luke 15 who squandered all, ended up slopping the pigs, was starving? To go home and look up and see our father running towards us with open arms, embracing us and not even listening to our admission of guilt and wrongdoing, but calling for a celebration instead. So in general, we are all, all of those things, all of us, every person on the planet. But then specifically in our society and where we live, who are these folks? The lost, the poor, the outcast, the outsider. Here's how I see that. Um, And as I read in scripture, the lost are those who haven't entered into a relationship with Jesus yet. The poor, those who literally do not have enough resources to provide for their basic needs. Then those who can be looked down upon and treated differently today, as I observe, my personal, I don't want to step on toes, but this is how I see in our world and have experienced today just a few. Okay, ready? The poor, any other ethnicity than Caucasian, any other religion than Christianity, mentally ill, disabled, the elderly, women, those in a different income bracket than our own, homeless, addicts, those who have a criminal record, children and teens that don't fit in among their peers, adults that don't fit in among their peers, anyone with a sexual orientation varying from male-female only, Those living on government assistance, the sick, less educated, tattooed and pierced, or any form of dress or hair that we deem unacceptable or scary. That's a pretty long list, right? Well, Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46, Jesus describes what it's going to be like when he returns someday to take his place on the throne with all the nations before him. And as the king... He is going to say to certain ones of us, enter, take what's coming to you. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. 
I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me a drink. I was homeless. You gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to visit me. For whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. So it's vitally important for us to look at the context of our own present day life to notice who are these ones that are obviously on Jesus' heart very deeply. So much so, as this passage tells us, that he will call those ones blessed by the Father and rewarded based on how we treated the overlooked and ignored in our midst. Another reason why we should lean towards these folks, as our value says. The next piece of the wording um, on the value has to do with mercy. The first paragraph, um, see where my sheet is, I can see it better. We lean toward the lost, the poor, the outcast, and the outsider with the compassion of Jesus as sinners whose only standing before God is utterly dependent on the mercy of God. This mercy can only be truly received in as much as we are willing to give it away. So mercy is um, right there with compassion. Um, We stand together with all people, those listed here, the lost, the poor, the outcast, and the outsider, all those in the long list that I read of people that I see can be in that category, can be made to feel that way, um, including, uh, we're included in that in certain instances. Um, We're all equal in sharing our great need for mercy, every single human being. We are utterly dependent on the mercy of God, all of us. We've received it, but the another hasn't. So if you ever wonder, what in the world do I have in common with this person? I have nothing in common with them. I cannot relate to them one bit. You can think of, I need mercy. They need mercy. We are equal in that we all need the mercy of God. When Jesus told... um, The story to the Pharisees who were appalled at his letting the town harlot anoint his feet with perfume and dry them with her hair. We sang words similar to that in a song. He told the story of the man who was in great debt and the one who wasn't in as quite as much debt. And he was forgiven for the great debt. And um, the man who owed little, he he was forgiven his debt, but it wasn't as, as great as the one that owed so much. He taught this great truth that the one who has been given, who has been forgiven much, loves much. So when we've been shown a lot of mercy, then we give mercy. We love others. It's just a natural outflow. That's in Luke 7. Those of us who have trusted Jesus and entered into relationship with him have experienced much forgiveness, much mercy. It's overwhelming. It's costly. It's unending. Forgiveness, mercy, and love naturally flowing from this should be this willingness to give away this mercy that we've received. Hopefully, we're convinced that showing compassion is not only a valid and important value of the vineyard, but um, a value of being a follower of Jesus. Not just within the context of the local church, but personally as well. Um, When I was preparing this, I just wrote a list. Here's my little, you know, scratch paper of occupations that all of us do that I could think of. So in these contexts, there are places to show compassion and mercy 
as we're going about life. Just like Jenna shared. All right, ready? Teacher, nurse, student, engineer, uh, working in business, finance, technology, uh, remodeling business, small business owner, engineer, architect, full-time mom, musician, uh, works in the, in the oil field, photographer, coach, dietitian, the mental health field, marketing, graphic design, environmental field, urban forester, and more and more and more and more. That's a lot of different areas in our society and culture where we are. And I uh, think people can think of, oh, well, I'll show compassion and mercy, and I'll help feed the homeless. I'll go to the big serve. I'll go take things to the Salvation Army. I'll give things to Noel to take to Houston. But there's still a disconnect with life. The uh, clerk at the grocery store. Um, I had a conversation with the clerk of the gro- who had cancer. We talked about that. Um, there's just so many opportunities that we can miss thinking, well, we'll just go and serve here. We'll go do this and go back home. And it feels really good. But we miss all the opportunities in our neighborhood, in our schools, in our jobs, as we're running errands. Um, that it's just it's a way of life and a way of feeling. And I know for some of us, it's, it's just part of who we are, we are. It's our nature. And for others, it's not. It's not our personality. It's not our nature. So there's something to practice, to learn, to ask God to help give us that. There's things that, you know, I don't have, and I have to add, help me with this because I, I don't have that. <laughs> but it doesn't get us off the hook. And that, oh, well, we'll let somebody else do that because that's their gifting. Um, I'm going to lose my place because I got off talking. Um, so within uh, the context of who we are here and in all the occupations we do and the ways we go about life, there are many ways to look for and be aware of ways to show compassion and mercy. Within every one of these areas, in our neighborhoods, in our travels, running errands, volunteering, socializing, all the pieces of our lives, there's so many opportunities to show Mercy, compassion, kindness, love. The Greek word for compassion that's used the most in the Gospels means to move, be moved in the inward parts. So it's a feeling. It's not just an action. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word used most often includes all three, compassion, mercy, and love. So not just an action we show, but a feeling that we feel. So how do we express compassion in concrete ways through our local church? What does it look like? Well, you know, the first thing that I think of is from the hurricane. And not just Houston, but many areas on the coast. There's many small towns that have been forgotten. Um, it's just a very obvious and blaring opportunity to um, help others that are in need after the a- aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. So um, I want to show a short video of the Vineyard's response, which grew out of Hurricane Katrina. Um, the Vineyard Church responded to the overwhelming needs of people in their city. Um, And so mercy response grew out of that. And so now that has taken place in Houston. And in Cyprus, uh, this is Michael Lehman. He's a vineyard pastor, just like Scott, started to plant at a church. And so out of their church now, it's like, you know, a warehouse, it's the gym. And they will send teams to people's homes um, to clean them out. My um, daughter, Megan, married to Victor. Victor has an aunt who had a woman who cleaned her house for 32 years. Her house was almost condemned. We got her in contact with Mercy Response. They came out and took care of her house. And so now my friend Carol is connecting people to, you send an email and people will come. And 
And um, Carol, uh, let's see, Victor, my son-in-law's aunt, said, this is theology in action. Um, It's like what we believe has to be lived out, and we've got to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So because we we want to send folks here, I mean, we, like, really need to do it now. I mean, my friend says, you need to come immediately because, you know, it's been two weeks and houses are just in horrible shape. Um, But I just wanted to show this because it's just an example. We're talking about values of the vineyard and a value is engaging in compassionate ministry. And this is a way that we do it. And we get to be a part of that. Um, It's only one way. But it's just that something has happened and we want to respond. And all of you, I could have everybody come up and share about ways that you help others and how you show compassion and what you've done to bring us alongside. And it's just how we do it. We do a lot um, just individually and we share that with each other. But this is um, something that, you know, it's just it's on our hearts and. We know Michael and Amber and their family, and they have like maybe three adopted children, and, and I don't know if they may have six by now of their own. And so, you know, it just rearranges your whole life. You can think of our, if we had, uh, you know, almost everyone in our church had a flooded home, what that would do to us. Um, we personally went through that in 98, and our home was flooded, and so we have a, a more of a connection as well, just so you can know that about us. So we'll let Michael tell you about Mercy Response. If you will listen to that for a minute. Everybody, this is Michael Lehman. I'm the lead pastor at Trinity Vineyard Church here in Cypress, Texas. We're a suburb of Northwest Houston. We're also currently serving as the home base uh, camp for Vineyard Mercy Response, which is a, a ministry of the Vineyard Church of New Orleans. And so I'm standing here in our gymnasium. If you look around the room, you'll see that we've got various assortment of supplies. We've got a corner full of diapers. Those, those have already been taken. A lot of them have taken out of here. Today we received
are a part of what's going on here in Houston. Actually, one of our church plants from this church here, uh, based in the Kuru, Kenya, even took up an offering and gave a really amazing amount of money to help our efforts. So we're just grateful for the team effort and all that's involved. If you guys want to follow me, I'll just do a really quick outdoor look, and then uh, hopefully we'll see you here on site. So follow me you can stop it there, Steve. Thanks. So that's some of the things um, that we do um, as our local church. We would love to do a lot more. Um, I feel a little short on uh, time. Um, but there's just in other vineyard churches, they just offer so many things. They have free legal aid, free uh, medical, eye, ear, you know, uh, everything, chiropractic, care, um, counseling, and uh, preparing income tax and things for children and just job assistance, just uh, so many things. Uh, language classes, I would love to do half of what so many, uh, like the bigger vineyard churches do. Um, but we have a low-income housing um, apartment down the street, and we provide um, lunch once a month. We've done that for many years, and that leads to being involved in the parties they have. And, you know, I've uh, judged door decorations for Christmas and Halloween and Halloween costumes and then relationships develop. So I've gone to uh, two funerals. I'm going to one next Saturday. Um, birthday parties, uh, celebrations, and things of sorrow. Um, because you've developed relationships and friendships. It's not just a going in and serve the meal and go out. You develop relationships with people. Um, I personally work at River City Advocacy down the street. That's a mental health nonprofit that helps people who are in recovery from mental illness and addictions. And I bring needs that people have there. We provided an air conditioner for a gentleman a couple of years ago that didn't have an air conditioner. Um, so, ju- And you guys do that, too. You bring needs to us, and we um, try to help take care of that. Alyssa has told us about the uh, Presbyterian Church downtown San Antonio, and we've gone and helped feed um, the homeless. That's a huge ministry they have um, because she brought that to us, and so we went. There's tons and tons of ways um, to help, but it, for us, you have to have resources. And so with minimal resources, this is what we do. And um, I bring news of my friends in Rwanda, and you help support them and give for needs that they have, even to actually go there. Um, so it's a lot of word of mouth of people that we hear about, of whether it's yourself or others. And we try to um, express, you know, the love of Jesus in our community. I'd love for our church to be known in our city as, oh, that's that church that loves our city in practical ways. Um, and I think maybe we're a little bit on the way there. Um, the biggest place where I have learned about um, all of this is the seven-plus years that I've worked at the nonprofit River City Advocacy. Um, I've worked with people that fit every single description of everything that I've said um, and more, whether there or Laurel Plaza um, mainly. I could write a book. Um, I'm constantly humbled, awed. I'm swept up in gratitude I experienced those holy moments. Um, every negative thing I've ever thought about anybody in that list has been challenged and dismantled and rewired. I've been undone by their generosity, their thoughtfulness, their sensitivity, giftedness, genius, resiliency, spirituality, um, and more. By these folks that at one time in my life, I would have been tempted to go walk on the other side of the street when I saw them coming. Um, I've truly seen and heard and felt and experienced the beauty hidden in the disguise of the poor and the lost and the outcast and the outsider. And instead, 
I have seen the face of Jesus. So I would, along with um, talking about a value of the vineyard um, that we share here, um, I would really like to ask if you would want to join me in really asking Jesus to give us more awareness and more intentionality than ever. That he would show us those that he wants us to be his face and his hands and his feet to show his mercy and his compassion and his love. It's not always easy by any means. Um, But he is a God of compassion and of mercy and loving kindness, and we've received it, and we want to give it away. Um, Matthew 9, 11, Jesus says, Go and learn what this means. I desire compassion. And mercy is interchangeable there, and not sacrifice. So can we learn about this? Learn how to be uh, more aware and intentional in showing compassion and mercy. It doesn't mean a big, huge project, but it's a smile at the person that you go into the gas station to to pay. Um, Or it can be to go clean out a house or take a meal to someone who's been in the hospital. It takes so many, so many forms. Um, So let's go and learn. So I will pray, and then if you... um, want to have individual prayer for anything in your life, you have needs, you want us to pray for you, or you don't feel very compassionate, you would like to, to have more compassion, then, you know, come to the front and let somebody pray. We would love to pray for you. To, to, and just to be, um, have uh, just more awareness and our eyes open to be able to see and to care, because maybe we don't so much. Okay. Father, thank you that you are a compassionate Um, God, full of mercy and love and forgiveness, and that we have all experienced um, your love and your mercy. Um, Maybe we haven't all felt it. Um, We may have um, trusted you and accepted you as our Savior and followed after you and received your forgiveness, but perhaps we haven't all really felt the depth of the mercy that you have shown us. Um, So we thank you for that, but we ask that you would imprint it um, really deeply in our soul the mercy that you have towards us, Um, that we would be willing um, to look out and observe and be aware and let you show us those who um, need your compassion and your mercy, that we would be so full of your mercy that we couldn't help but give it away again and again and again and again. So thank you for who you are to us, for what you've shown us, um, and that we get to be a part of loving others as you did. Would you give us your heart, Lord? full of mercy and compassion for others. And if we are in need of that, Lord, let us be, be courageous to um, ask for help and say we are in that need right now so that we can rally around each other. Thank you for the family of the vineyard. Thank you for the larger church, all the different streams of the church and the ways that we all um, worship differently, learn differently, um, but places where we um, hold on to the same strong beliefs in you and all that is done throughout our world um, to love people and to love people into your kingdom. In your name, amen. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. So as we say goodbye, uh, if you would like us to pray with you, we'll be over here in this corner. And the rest of us, please mix and mingle. Uh, Grab your kids before you go. And thank you for our morning together.